0: It's Monica here. Welcome to the data podcast for nerds, where we get to talk to amazing professionals and ask them all about how they're using data to solve the world's problems. We're highlighting all kinds of skills that data professionals use on a daily basis. Plus, of course, we always include fun bits because we're all nerds here and we love to have fun. Today's actually a very special episode. I have Katie McManus, my business coach today to quiz me. So I'm kind of like branching out, uh, getting outside of my comfort zone and having, you know, friends and all of that uh, interview me. So yeah, that's the special episode for today. So Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for doing this with me.
1: Oh my God. I'm so excited. Thanks for having me. I feel like, oh God, I'm an intruder. I'm not a at all.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, no, because my whole thing is that data is everywhere and you use
1: data. We know that. So you're definitely among like best friends. (laughs) Well, good, 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 good. Um, And I want to, I mean, you're not just branching out, you're starting a whole company where you're helping people get into the data field from disparate areas of professionalism.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. Kind of sharing my whole story and background and how I got into data. I came Mm -hmm. from a different field as well. And so sharing that story and inspiring others that kind of want to get from where they're going and transition into data is what I'm exploring now. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, not just exploring, you've, you're building it.
0: Yes. true. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, and I know we were talking about having this conversation about imposter syndrome, and it's funny how imposter syndrome gets you using that softer language of, oh, I'm just exploring it, of, oh, this, like you, you diminish what you're actually doing when actually you're a badass at it.
0: That's very true.
1: Yeah, because
0: I lived it. I was a data professional for over a decade. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like, yeah, definitely. I do use that softer language should be, could be. I think it comes from the corporate world maybe as well, but definitely like that imposter syndrome leaks in, creeps in all the time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well... And it's so common, I think with women yes. and also I think anytime we're about to do something new that like, we haven't necessarily done it in that way before we feel like, okay, well I have to prove that I'm an expert first, you know, we kind of discount like the decade of experience that we have before. And we look around and we're like, oh, well that person has a PhD and that person's published 20 books and that person has a TV show. Like I'm not, qual- I'm not an expert in this space yet because I don't have those things. And yet like when we talk about expertness, like the definition in the dictionary actually wrote down for something else um, is a person who has comprehensive and authoritative knowledge of a skill or in a particular area. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't list like you have to have a PhD or even a degree or (laughs) like any of the other things that I've listed. And Mm -hmm. it's funny how we, you know, we kind of back off that expertness until we have those things yeah
0: and i think in a particular area is something that i am trying to express more because my particular area of expertise isn't well known in the data space so i come from audit and so right. i have a huge background in like security regulations and compliance and all of that And a lot of folks that are in the data space are like data scientists and building machine learning models and all of that. And that wasn't that or it's still something that's being explored in the audit space, but just not as popular as it is with, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're working on a strictly like data science team.
1: Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. But it also doesn't discredit like the experience you've had being like getting into the industry, being in the industry, um, you know, interviewing for new jobs in the industry, all that stuff. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Because, again, data is everywhere and everyone's basically using data. So I just love helping people understand that, highlight their abilities to be able to work with data and then move into the goals that they
1: want to. Yeah. 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 Well, and also help them overcome imposter syndrome in a certain way. Yes. Yeah. So how, yes. I'm curious, how do you see imposter syndrome come up with your clients in particular? Um, I think
0: a lot of times, I mean, there's, I don't know if you've heard of this, there's like five flavors of imposter syndrome, right? I want to I want to actually like break those up because Ooh, yeah different flavors can creep into your life in different like every day all five in one day or just like all over the place. So I'll read them they're the perfectionist, the superhero, the mm-hmm. expert, the natural genius and the soloist.
1: Yeah break them down. I want to hear, I want to hear about all of them.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. For the visual people and for people that might be watching right now, I'll just put this up on the screen. I think that would help out some. Cool. So I found this and with the perfectionist, that's something that, you know, everyone has to gather all of their ducks in a row first before they think that they can move into data. And so what I like to share with my own experience is that data is everywhere again and that you can use data where you are in your current job. Try it out. You don't really have to be perfect. Be ready to move. You can try things out. Um, Also, like trying things out first, like you can even see if you even like it before you just like jump ship into a new career uh, the superhero is basically you have to like do everything all at once and be super great and do all of it perfectly uh, with the expert that's when it's like you don't go and ask for help because you already should know all of the answers
1: mm-hmm. but
0: there's something to that where like you should be asking questions to your coworkers, your stakeholders, whoever your work buddies, all of that because it actually ca- it actually shows that you like give a crap about your job. Yeah. Right? Like if you if you've ever been in a meeting before and people are just like, "Oh, okay, okay, okay." And then the meeting breaks off, you go do work for like 2 days and then you come back with follow-up questions and it's like, "Okay, that was you should have asked that day one and you wasted all of that time and so ask questions for sure um same thing kind of with a natural genius where you just think that you should know everything already so you don't ask the questions and then the soloist is really big with me as well and um having a hard time asking for help but mm-hmm. Katie, my business coach, I asked her for help because she's a badass. And I started out my business. And I was like, I have so many questions. And I just I need help with this. So just like what I'm offering with my clients, I help out those that are transitioning into data. Katie is helping me with my business.
1: Yeah. I'm curious for your clients, where do you see them getting stuck the most in here?
0: I see them getting stuck the most in being a perfectionist, specifically Mm -hmm. in the fact that they're trying to get all of their ducks in a row before they're trying to get into data. They um, trying to beef up all of their skills and trying to be, you know, knowing all of the skills first um, and also like building out their project portfolios. All of that's really needed But again, it doesn't have to be perfect before you start expressing interest in the field, get out there and network and whatnot. So that's what I see the most,
1: yeah. No, 100%. I mean, it's so tempting, especially when you don't know anything about something to try to be the expert, but like, I mean, I've worked in corporate, you've worked in corporate, like no matter where you go, you still have to learn the lingo of the land. True. Yeah. You know, there's always going to be cool, some right? kind of like onboarding, you know, learning curve that you're going to have to learn and you can't be fully prepared whenever you jump into something new.
0: Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. Um, also, like that reminds me of uh, your experience at college, right? Like when have you learned something specifically in college, like at in a class that transferred directly into a job?
1: Nothing. <laughs> Nothing, nothing like I think I think the thing. So I studied philosophy. I think the thing that I've used so much and I don't even realize I use it is like I question the premise of stuff, you know, just because someone's saying like X, Y and Z equals this, it's like, "Mm, let's look at X, let's look at Y and let's look at Z. Are those actually true? Is that actually good data before we get into making conclusions? Mm -hmm. Right. But I can't, I can't point to one book I read that I'm like, this has impacted me or, you know, a single lesson. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I was just saying like every company, every situation, every problem that you're trying to solve is going to have its like smallest little bit of like uniqueness and you have to adjust for that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and... I, you know, looking back at my career, I always think, okay, well, the two jobs or the two careers that really helped me. Um, and now I'm going to add a third, cause now my memory's going, um, like hospitality, I worked in hospitality for like 10 years from 15 to 25, um, and learning how to work with people and how to like handle difficult conversations in the customer service aspect, like that really helped. Right. And I'm sure a lot of your clients have things like maybe they were teachers and they had to explain like really difficult stuff to their students. And that 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 skill set doesn't go anywhere if the subject matter changes. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I Absolutely. acted for a bit and auditioning for stuff is terrifying. It's way scarier than sales because like you're just getting rejected all the time. Right. So that helps. Um learning how to like teach knitting. Like I transitioned that into so many skill sets for my business. And it's obviously going to be so true for your clients as well. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of uh, a cool example on my side. So I have a dance background. And so a lot of like performances on stage, right? So you can, with a perfectionist, try to practice your routine your choreography to the best of your ability but once you get on stage there are so many things that are out of your control that you know you you just have to roll you just have to roll with it like the lights go out the curtain falls yeah. like something gets sick it's like oh don't oh. slip on <laughs> it like it's like so much stuff can happen and you just have to like be on your toes another thing that helped out in relation to that is like going to improv classes mm-hmm. and so they just like throw crazy stuff at you and you're just like okay like let's see what i can do with this
1: yeah 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 well it's funny you bring up the on stage thing have you i mean i'm sure you've heard of emma stone the actress i am obsessed with her i think she's still she's like- actually from arizona no way yes oh funny well so she was in cabaret on on broadway And apparently she was like in the middle of like a solo and she's singing and her contacts popped out of her eyeballs. And so like when the lights went down, like, you know, she's supposed to like go off stage and like she couldn't see anything. And she literally like ran and like clunked her head against something. Oh no, (laughs) (laughs) which is terrible. But like the way she tells the story, she was like, she was sure that like, she's there like singing like this, but no one noticed. Oh, that's
0: hilarious! But there's always
1: been issues like that that goes wrong, and you can't prepare for it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I'm gonna have to like <laughs> this. That is too funny. Yeah, I have to look that up later.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, to the point, like you know, you can't pre- you can't prepare for everything going wrong, but you also can't mm-hmm. prepare for everything going right either. True. Yeah. True.
0: But as long as you have somebody by your side, like a business coach or a mentor, they can at least like guide you as to knowing sort of maybe what might go wrong. Again, yeah. like it's out mm-hmm. of your, it's out of your, you know, zone. You can't do anything about it, but being able to be prepared how to bob and weave.
1: Yeah. Hmm. No, a hundred percent. And I mean, it's really... Like A, there's coaching, which you know helps you kind of figure out shit for yourself. But like the mentorship aspect to this is so important, especially when you don't really understand like the etiquette in a new area or um, how things are done and having someone to kind of check like your rate of reality against <laughs> is is so helpful. Otherwise you're just kind of like guessing at what you don't what you don't know that you don't know. hmm Yeah. So, I mean, especially, I mean, there are so many parts, especially to what you do with your clients, right? Because they may want to move into tech in some way and data sounds interesting. So they're not even sure what it is, or Mm -hmm. they're not sure what part of tech they, or I'm sorry, what part of data they could get into. And then like, oh, well, which companies do I want to work for? And then, oh, what are they looking for? Like, how do I write my resume? How do I interview for this? And I love that you really help them kind of find their way in a way that feels aligned to them throughout the whole process.
0: Absolutely. I've even talked to some folks that after having a conversation about what they do on a daily basis, they're literally already a data professional. They just don't have data in their title.
1: Right. So what are, what are some the, of those job titles?
0: Project management is a huge one, um, like product analytics. So even mm-hmm. though analytics is in the title, sometimes like people don't think of that being a data-related job because right. it doesn't say data. However, they're living and breathing in Excel
1: spreadsheets. Right, right. Um. Yeah. I'm sorry. My hair is so staticky. I'm like, just gonna... <laughs> <laughs> it's about to go. <laughs> Side note, when I was a kid, I like, I have really fine hair and we had this minivan and all winter, I would like get into the minivan and my hair would just immediately stand up. Like there are balloons all around me. And I'd start screaming at my mom that my head was electrocuted and she had to keep a squirt bottle in the car and just like turn around and just squirt my head. <laughs>
0: Oh, that is so funny. Oh, my gosh. That doesn't happen very often in Phoenix because it's so dry.
1: Well, it's the dryness. Yeah. That actually makes oh, it, it is
0: the dryness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Like humidity is my friend. Okay. Okay. See, when I go into the humidity, that's when my hair goes all frizzy and crazy.
1: I mean, it's the only time my hair has any volumes. There we go. <laughs> we, could, we could go on a whole tangent about, like, how our hair is impacted by the weather.
0: These are things, environmental things that we have no control over, but we can prepare ourselves. Like you have your, I assume that was lotion. And yeah. so you just know how to deal with that situation. Exactly. Yeah. You know, the
1: data of what. Yes. <laughs> oh man. So like, I'm curious, what's your, I know I, I'm your coach and all stuff, but like, we haven't checked out on this in a long time. What is the big vision? Because I know you kind of started the business and um, you've rolled out your one-on-one offer. You know, where do you see this going five, 10 years from now?
0: Five, 10 years from now. Oh goodness. It is so hard to think about the future, especially in the data world, right? Mm-hmm. Like how quickly AI and chat GPT like came in the frame and just like kind of flipped everything upside down. Yeah. But what is good still with all of the changes in this field is that the importance of fundamentals and understanding like foundational knowledge and that's where i really like to shine in that area because i've had so much experience where you have to in every situation like explain hey ground level Let's set, the, let's set the guidelines, let's be on the same page before you can even get into that fancy stuff. So right. I just rambled, I forgot the question.
1: <laughs> no, so I asked like where you see, where you want the business to go five yes. years now. And like to your point, like the data industry has already been flipped on its head once in the last year.
0: Yes, so yeah. um, I would like to see again, coming back to those foundational uh, Mm -hmm. skills, I'd like to see more of that being presented in like data conferences. Mm -hmm. Because right now, like I'm trying to get out there and present more at these conferences, these events and all of that. But my the stuff that I like to share is that fundamental knowledge. I also nerd out on data security, which comes from my audit background. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that also is that foundational level of skill that you need. And people are so focused on the fancy stuff. So I'm hoping to still like, try and accomplish those types of uh, presentations, building out courses, and all of that for those foundational level skills and highlight the importance of those.
1: Right, 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 right. Well, I mean, and to the point, like just because we have scientific calculators doesn't mean people, you know, don't need to take advanced calculus if they want to become like an astrophysicist or something. Yeah. You know? Yeah which I'm assuming they have to, I don't really know that much about astrophysics, but.
0: (laughs) Me either, (laughs) me either. One really, really huge goal that I have that I think that I talked to you at the very beginning of this um, is to have a TED talk. I think that would be so neat.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's so funny how something that was just kind of like done as a random event has taken off. It's become so like so many people's vision board items. You know, and it's Mm -hmm. I love that you're focusing on building the business first because I see so many people going and getting a TED talk and then trying to throw together a business on the back end and then they don't have a verified offer before they go. So like they get all this attention and then it just fizzles. Ah, okay, okay. So it's so good that you're building the business first and then you'll be going for the TED Talk. That's good
0: to hear, yeah. Cause sometimes like I get on my soapbox and you know, I think write, you know, a really good LinkedIn post, and then I'm like, okay, welcome to my TED Talk. I'll get off my soapbox now. But to your point, I could be like, oh, also I can help you out.
1: (laughs) Yeah, a hundred percent, yeah. I mean, attention's great. And you can't, you can't build a business without attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're just getting attention for attention's sake, like how do you hold on to it long enough to put together an offer for people to buy on the back end? Mm-hmm. You know? That's I think true. one of the reasons why Brené Brown became so famous so fast after her TED Talk is because she had books for people to buy, right? People were able to like continue the deep dive on her and what she believed and what she was talking about. And then like through that, we're able to ask her for more. Yeah, so. that's a good point. Yeah. Um, So yeah, so to the answer, sounds like, like you're open to so many things happening.
0: Yes, I try not to set defined goals. um, Just because I think that kind of limits you because you're trying to focus on one specific thing, one specific task. And then once you achieve it, it's kind of just like a check mark. And
1: -hmm. then you're
0: like, okay, I'm done. Whereas like if you leave it really open, you can more appreciate the journey that you're going through in order to just achieve awesomeness. I kind of say that a lot. Like, oh, what's your goal in five years? I just want to be awesome.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think it's so fitting that, you know, an answer from a data scientist is that like you're not sure what data you're going to get. You're not sure like what answers are going to happen or, you know, what factors are going to play into it. So how can you know what the goal is going to be? Yep. Yep.
0: Definitely. Yeah. There's so much, again, those other variables that you can't account for um, that you could sort of try to loop into your prediction algorithm. But you always have you can never have an accuracy of 100 Oh, right, you just can't. That's not Never. possible. So no. it's better and more fun in life to just appreciate the journey that you're on, rather than you know, yeah, going forward and meeting that <laughs> target.
1: So. Well, and I mean, back to the whole topic of imposter syndrome, um, and that whole idea that you have to be perfect. Um, when I worked for Cisco Systems, I worked for like their internet security division, and. We, like, they did this study to figure out like who our most loyal clients were, the, okay. the customers who like, you know, bought from us, continued with us, like bought more from us, stayed with us. And everyone predicted that it was going to be the people who um, we were absolutely perfect with through the sales process. We were absolutely perfect with through the trial process that their onboarding was completely seamless for the first 90 days. And it wasn't. It was the ones that things went fucking haywire somewhere in that process. Like oh. things went so wrong, like the, the system broke or their dashboard was a complete mess or whatever. The clients where things went wrong and it got fixed really quickly, they were the most loyal. Yeah. Because they got to see like, oh, well, when things go wrong, this is how the person shows up. Well, we think that when like being perfect is what's going to build trust trust, but it's actually not like screwing up and fixing it is what builds trust. And then Mm -hmm. people kind of seeing like what it's like for you to go through the ringer.
0: I think that reminds me a lot also with like, I've been talking with a lot of hiring managers lately and asking them like, what are you looking for with entry level Mm -hmm. candidates? And they don't really talk too much about like them being perfect and knowing all of the technical skills, like they care about their enthusiasm, how they work under pressure. Do you care about like, working under pressure, uh, working in, you know, these types of situations and all of that. Um, And also a big one that they said was, do you have the willingness and ability to learn new things? And that's huge. It's like, hands down, if somebody comes in, has all of the requirements on the technical side of things, but like can't explain why they approached a problem in a certain way, then they're just like, nah, we will move move forward from this candidate.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think for anyone who's trying to change jobs, start a business, just knowing that that's the decision-making process is such a relief, you know, because it takes the pressure off because you get to lean into your natural strengths of curiosity and your work ethic and into the vulnerability of admitting when you don't know what you don't know.
0: Yeah, it does. It does definitely take the pressure off.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, part of it, like you know, some of it is you have to just kind of pretend you're confident. <laughs> I mean, you know, fake it till you make it. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced it's about confidence, not competence. Uh, <laughs> yeah Like learning what you don't know helps you boost that confidence because, like you don't know how to ride a bike, like someone telling you to go ride a bike for two miles, you're going to say, no, absolutely not. I'll fall on my face and break a leg. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: That so, definitely like wraps back to imposter syndrome. Cause I've heard that the fake it till we make it with imposter syndrome, make it your friend, just be confident. You don't yeah. need to know literally like everything about a certain topic. Just share about what you do know about yeah. it.
1: Yep. A hundred percent. And it's like you can have confidence around like the silliest things, you know? Like talk to any like generic Chad who's gone to Italy for three weeks and come back and like he acts like he's the biggest expert on the Italian culture. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> he's like mispronouncing things and all this stuff. Like he still has confidence about it. He went and experienced it. Like you can borrow just a smidgen of that Chad energy and pretend to be confident in a way. And it just kind of like happens over time. Like you'll go from pretending to actually being confident before you know it. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think what helps also with your confidence is being enthusiastic about the topic that you're
1: sharing. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I didn't last long in internet security it was so boring. I, no offense. I remember I like really wanted a promotion because I wanted to make more money because I was in sales. And I remember sitting down with one of my colleagues so he could explain all these features to me. And I remember like my brain just blacking out while he was explaining it and not even being able to absorb anything he was telling me. And it's just like, this is not the right fit. yeah.
0: But that's okay. I mean, if you're if you're in a space and you don't like what you're doing, that's okay. It's just not your jam. That's why, again, I like to advise people: if you want to transition into data, try it out first. Mm -hmm. You have you have data available to you. Play with it. Figure out if you like it, and then Mm -hmm. if you do, you can start exploring, trying to get a new job, or even moving within your company at different departments is an option.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, and it's fascinating, like what people are doing for their personal lives in platforms like Notion and ClickUp, where they're able to track all these incredible metrics about their lives and really kind of hack themselves. I mean, what a cool use case to then be able to go and present that at a job interview. I mean, depending on what you're tracking about yourself, there are some weird things you can track, but. (laughs) Yes, but it's good
0: because it's data about yourself. So you have like much deeper questions about what you want to find out about yourself. And you'll also already know about the data. So that domain knowledge is something that you just already have.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a firm believer that, you know, salespeople in organizations need to be making friends and relationships with the people in the organization that work in data because there's so much information that both parties have about the end user that you know would be helpful for the people who are developing the products or you know um you know, fixing them to be able to understand like what is actually going on in the front end and vice versa, like for the salespeople in the sales process to understand like where people fall off, where, um, you know, they drop off in the marketing, um, sequence or, you know, what point in the trial, like what, there was one question I asked when I was at Cisco umbrella and it's, um, you know, what are the factors in the trial? Like what are the areas of the dashboard that make someone more likely to buy? You know, like what are the areas that they're checking out? So like knowing that A, you can market better and B, like if you have someone who you want to see all those things, like you can potentially like push them to become a client more efficiently by making them go and look at these different features.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That is a huge thing for data professionals to have is, um, the domain knowledge was actually happening within the company. There was, when I was um, in one of my audit roles, I asked to go on a ride along with a Troubleman. I worked at a utility company. So okay. we like hopped in his truck and I got to ride along with him for the whole day, got to see him like climb up ladders mm-hmm. and all that cool stuff. And to really mm-hmm. like understand and appreciate the work that that they do. Yeah. Um, and then when I went back, into my audit data role, I was like, "Okay, I understand how this data works now." So he's entering it into his computer. The computer's in his truck. Um, that's probably why the data is misspelled all the time because you know <laughs> he's trying to like type it in really quickly and also climb up ladders to save kitties and and all that jazz. So it's it, it definitely shines a different light when you put that much more interest in the actual like business.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and to the point, like your clients, when they want to transition into a role in data, I mean, they have a lifetime of experience of being out in the world, you know, and all that can be translated into being better in a data job. Yeah. You know, to the point of like knowing what it's like to type in, in the cab of your car. Yes. <laughs> you Yeah. <know? laughs>
0: yeah. <Yep. laughs> Yeah. What, so all of your experience is useful experience that you could in a right way present that in an interview to show that you do have that. You you are qualified
1: for the job. Yeah. And it's one of the things that working with a coach helps so much with because you're so close to your life. It's so hard to like, look at the life you've led and be like, oh yeah, this one story is a great example of this skill that I have. It's so amazing when you're able to just kind of dump everything onto the table with a coach like yourself and say, okay, what here makes sense for this interview that I have coming up? You know? (laughs) And then, of course, like understanding how to make it interesting and engaging and how to connect it in a way that's going to make sense to this person in front of you. Yeah, 100 <laughs> percent. So what's what's like the top advice that you have for people who want to get into data besides working with you?
0: Besides working with me. Yeah,
1: um, uh, Besides hiring you as their coach.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> um, I definitely would say since data is everywhere, try it out first see if you even like it, mm-hmm. start, you know, you can start building out your portfolio just by all of your experimentation that you're trying out. Um, of course, do not share personal data, be secure with your data um, when you are putting together all of that analysis. Um, and yeah, that's that's my biggest advice always is just to try it out first, see if you like it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, it's funny, I you know, you and I have slightly different personalities, so I'm like, just go for it. Like, get the job, if you hate the job, you can get another job, you know?
0: <laughs> That's so true. But But another thing that I learned from all of the folks that I've been interviewing is like, the time that it takes do you know what i mean like you can't just snap your fingers and get the job first because there's so much competition out there and all of the skills that you you know the the, the skills that you do need to learn first and all of that so just um you know trying to minimize the time wasted. I think that was like one of the buzzwords that people kind of like were frustrated about is like, they don't know, like, what exactly do I need to learn? And what do I need to do before I get a career in data? So working with someone like me, I can help you out and understanding those different paths for you to take to get you there um in in the quickest manner
1: but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna time box it of course of course no and of course like i think it's also indicative of my professional background that i've worked in sales because no one expects a salesperson to know anything (laughs) (laughs) really it's kind of sad but it's true (laughs) oh man awesome well um yeah, I, I think it's really interesting to hear, like, how your clients overcome and what parts of the work that you do with your clients that helps them get over the imposter syndrome the most. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, I mean, those stories is really are really where, um, you know, people who are too shy to maybe reach out to you or aren't quite ready to take the leap. That's where they're going to see, oh, well, here's, here's the baby steps for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And make imposter syndrome your friend. It's going to stick around. It's going to visit you from time to time throughout your life. Might as well make it your friend, sit down, Mm -hmm. have a chat with it. Um, And, you know, I like, I like to, whenever it comes in to kind of like list out like, what do I actually know about this situation that you're telling me that I don't know? And then it kind of just like levels out from there.
1: Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, the only people who don't question if they're like actually qualified are sociopaths. So if you have (laughs) syndrome, congratulations, you're not a sociopath, right? There you go. yes what uh, well, i think we've covered a lot
0: yeah i mean this this was really great thank you yeah. for you know coming on the show and, oh and chatting with me and making me talk about myself which i don't like doing and-
1: <laughs> Join the club but again from <laughs> thing you, it's so uncomfortable and so you do it a lot right mm-hmm. yes so. <laughs> And for everyone watching, if you want to get into a role in data, I, I, I mean, I know I'm a little biased because you're my client. Um, but genuinely like the way you step, like walk people through it is just so bespoke and you genuinely care about each person that you talk to and want them to find the best role for themselves. Like if you are looking for support, Monica is a hundred percent the person or this way. There's a mirror. Okay. <laughs> Monica is amazing and you should absolutely reach out to her.
0: Thank you so very
1: much, Katie. <laughs> You're not say it, so I have to say it.
0: Yes. All right. So you can find and or follow me on LinkedIn. Um, mm-hmm. That's where I live. So DM me and I would love to chat and I would love to help you out.
1: <laughs> cool. All right. Well, thank you for having me. This is so much fun.
0: Yeah. Thank you for coming. <laughs> and I have a fun sign off for the listeners out there. I say, as always, folks, happy learning.
1: <laughs> happy learning. Bye. <laughs>